Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Booze, Booms and Busts, episode 73, hosted by myself, Boaz Shoshan and Sam Volkering, where we take a look at the markets after a long week and enjoy a couple of beers to uh, take our mind off things. Anyway, uh, in this episode, there's plenty to discuss as ever, but Sam, I think we should start off with whatever you're drinking this evening. So what'll it be, eh? Yeah, I, I'm a little, I'm a little boring, admittedly, this week. I'm, I'm waiting on a, on a beer order to arrive. But fortunately enough, um, it was my son's third birthday, uh, very recently, and as all good fathers should, when hosting a third three-year-old birthday party, I overcated, and I subsequently had excess beer left over. So. Um, so while I'm waiting for my next beer order, I still have beer in the back fridge. Um, but rather than being something of, of, of some flamboyant origin from um, Belgium or, or somewhere in Europe or America or the UK, it the is tenants. a good old Dutch beer called Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, uh, my ratings shall not be of anything of any great substance tonight, but I am at least drinking beer. So it's a good start. Oh well, that is that is something. I mean, Heineken, it's pretty low bar to cross, I suppose. But you know, it could be worse. I mean, in less than uh, it'll be a couple of weeks now before I'm not drinking anything for Lent, and uh, it will be uh, quite an interesting series of booze, booms, and busts. Well, you'll be drinking, and I won't be. However, let's not think about that because uh, you know, very dark times, very dark times ahead. But let's enjoy the moment. And this evening, I'm drinking something called Hundred Dollar Volvo. Uh, wow. which is by, let's see, is it Black Lodge? Yeah, Black Lodge Brewery from the Baltic Triangle in Liverpool. Uh, never heard of them before. This will be an interesting drink. I wonder how um, Volvo feels about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm interested that they've not, uh, they've not gotten sued for that. $100 Volvo? What is this? You know, is it uh, cut and shut or something? I mean, have they managed I mean, to sell I've, it? For I've a- seen my fair share of $100 Volvo. Like one of, my, one of my good mates back in Australia, he's like a Volvo obsessed um and 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 when we were at school his his first car was a volvo and every other car was a volvo but that first volvo i'll never forget it it was the it was your typical volvo station wagon um or what what you'd call over here a, a advance or whatever or anyway volvo red it was a red volvo station wagon it was it was literally the shape of what you would expect if you just put lego bricks together on four wheels and that was, it was worth about a hundred dollars. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and that thing got abused. Like if there was a me too movement started by cars, it would literally be the fucking head of the entire movement. That thing, got, like it, I, it, it would, he did, it was, uh, it was ridiculous, but I, I quite like the idea of a hundred dollar. Well, actually, no, having said that, theoretically a hundred dollar volvo beer would be a piece of shit so hopefully it outstrips the name is, is what i'm saying well they're suitable for vegans they are they are telling me that uh it's five percent um five percent pale ale uh the, from the first sip it actually tastes pretty good uh it's got everything it's got every word for beer at the bottom like every language uh, i don't know why liverpudlians are, are uh, you know trying to appeal to every single nation out there but they're giving it a fair go of it uh, you know, Volvo, I mean, uh, they're the guys who uh, invented seatbelts, right? Absolute bastards. <laughs> I'm not, why, I know, right? It's like, how dare they try and implement safety measures? Pricks. I think between them and Mercedes-Benz, they have pioneered more safety measures than any other car company on, on the face of the planet. And how, how dare Bring back the bench seat with, with no seatbelts. Yeah, back of a landy. At uh. any given emergency braking moment you could be in the back seat and, and very quickly be in the front yeah yeah i mean those are the days i you know i think that you still do get those landies with the uh with the two benches facing each other at the back um i don't I, i've still seen them they've not been made illegal uh, but of course they don't make land rovers anymore not those um, ones. yeah not the defenders anyway um Oh no, they have. They've re-released the defenders. They have, they? but yeah, but the new defenders, I don't believe, have the have the bench seats in the back. No, 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 no. That would uh, be very unmodern of them. But Sam, 
looking out, uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks actually since our last episode. Uh, apologies to any of our regular listeners that so we've not been quite so regular, uh, been busy, busy, and uh, couldn't, couldn't get enough time to record one last week. Here we are this week. Um, what shall we discuss? You know, what's taken place in the markets over the past couple of weeks? I mean, we had uh, Queen's wow. Platinum Jubilee. Uh, we've had, uh, which I think will actually be very bullish for platinum, naturally. Uh, we've had uh, well, I'm all manner. To, I'm looking forward to what the Royal Mint will come out with, with their commemorative uh, commemorative coins and bars and whatnot. Yeah, they've already done that. They um, they came out with uh, Britannia's made of platinum, which they've never done before. So they started making a load of stuff out of platinum that they hadn't done before. Uh, to, to commemorate the occasion uh yeah and uh well you know royal mint they need money <laughs> well yeah. the royals need money anyway 12 million pounds right? <laughs> yeah could you i'd look they, they're investigating where that's supposed to be coming from i mean 12 12 million to them is you know probably not a, not a great deal but um yeah maybe we maybe we won't head down that path <laughs> Yeah. I mean, okay. ready, I mean, where do we start? I mean, geez, it's been been wild, right? It's like the, the this this te- the tech sell off has continued, hasn't really you know, hasn't really abated. I mean, uh, Russia is on the brink of, of of war with in the Ukraine, but then apparently the only people that actually think that war is going to happen is everyone that's not Russia, and the Ukraine. Um, that that seems to be toying with the market. Inflation is at an all-time high across multiple countries. The US, well, not all-time high, sorry. Highs over the last few decades. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. It's 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 everything. Do you know what? The markets actually seem seem tame once again relative to everything that's happening externally to them. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I think uh I think the Russia Ukraine thing it's very interesting. I've no edge on it because I'm not I'm not I don't I think very 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 few people must actually have a really edge on what's going to go on in in Russia and Ukraine and what's actually a play and yeah. I think there's an awful lot of opinions bandied around um especially by by journalists and things like that. And one does wonder what uh you know what will be the eventual outcome of this. Um Yeah, funnily enough I was, uh, I was, you know, uh, Putin and his watch collection, right? He's got yeah. an enormous watch yeah. collection. I mean, you would, oh, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're Putin, like, if you like shit like watches, you'd, you'd, you'd get a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a there was a video of Putin a while back where he was just visiting some factory out there, some you know, some place where they're, uh, uh, you know, man, it was, I think it was maybe an ironworks or something. And uh, Putin's going around having a, having a chat with the workers, etc., for his photo op. And um, one of the one of the workers who must have had complete brass balls says, "You know, uh, you know, Mr. President, uh, would it be possible? Uh, you know, it's been great having you here. Uh, is there anything you could leave us? You know, a memento uh, of of your of your visit here? Perhaps your watch." <laughs> And Putin, uh, to, or at least what it, it's on camera, you don't see what happens now. But Putin does take off his watch and give it to this chap after hesitating for a moment, because of course Putin can just go and get another one. Well, exactly right. I mean, unless it had some sort of sentimental value, like you know, it it, it was like his commemorative, you know, after he'd sent some spies to like gas someone, um, you know, it was like his his purchase to commemorate that moment. So it had sentimental value attached to it. Aside from that, I don't see why he wouldn't have left it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're pooty poots, uh, you can, you can get away with a lot. I do feel. Speaking actually, most- sorry. Uh, the, the, weirdly, that makes me, that makes me remember something I saw the other day. Speaking of gifting expensive shit to people, um, there was somebody, somebody posted um, online on Twitter the other day that, um, uh, th- their 11 year old was buying their first um, board ape yacht club NFT, and there's a, it was basically this video of this this girl. She was probably 11 years old, you know, hitting the click buy button on OpenSea for a BAYC. That was the the floor was I think you know something like 300 grand's worth. It was I think it was a hundred hundred ETH floor when ETH was about three grand, so three hundred thousand dollar board ape yacht club 
NFT. And it was clearly not her buying it because I, because no 11 year old has fucking 300 grand to buy an NFT. So it was clearly her parents buying it or a dad buying it. It was a guy in the background and, and whether or not gifting it to her or not. But it made me think that, that the, the NFT is literally the, you know, if we're talking about this season's hottest gift for, for rich kids, it has to be the NFT, right? Not, not like a watch, not like a Putin commemorative watch, but the NFT, the gift of the NFT has replaced all other luxury items. I would, uh, it, it feels like that. Okay. If Putin has an NFT collection, what's in it? Um, what's what's that? What's that Coven's one? The, the, oh, the recent, uh, the one's been heavily publicized with the ladies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Crypto. Is it the Crypto Coven or Witch's Coven, Coven or something? Battery's got one of those. <laughs> Yeah. Well, why would you think, why would you think those? I, I don't know. I just, it's, I feel like it would just, that's just the aesthetic of that NFT. I feel like really would tickle Putin's fancy. I feel, I don't feel like he's an ape kind of NFT holder. No, no, no. Well, I remember a while back, somebody did create an NFT collection uh, that was cartoon impression. Well, not actually cartoons. It was almost like a, like a filter, like an artist filter on Hunter Biden's leaked photos of him with prostitutes <laughs> and crack pipes and stuff. And somebody just minted them all as NFT. Mm. As NFTs. I forget the exact, it was a pun of a name. Um, it was like Hunter or something, I can't remember. But it seems like maybe that would be something Putin would have been loading up on, you know? Or, or maybe he, well, we maybe he is running the spam account that is Melania NFTs that bought their own. So did you see how the, the Melania NFT apparently was bought by a wallet that was linked with the Melania NFTs. So yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe somehow maybe it was Putin. <laughs> it's been Putin all along doing the Melania NFTs as just a giant troll, and he's just bought the uh, his own Melania NFT. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Why not? Why not? You know. I, I reckon I reckon he probably does. like why why wouldn't you if in all seriousness if you're like some if you're like crazy crazy rich like a, a a Russian oligarch why wouldn't you just come in and just like sweep up a whole bunch of NFTs and then like if you really wanted to piss off America crash the market by selling them all just as a just as a big troll. Yeah, or what? Like at a price of what? So you bought them for like a hundred ETH each. Yeah, so it's like it's just couldn't give ETH. the fuck money, right? You know, literally yeah, spent yeah. millions just buying up loads of the floor ones, and then just literally listed them all at like 0.1 ETH, <laughs> crashed the floor so that there were so that, or, or, so that Justin Bieber and everyone was just like, ah, oh, fuck. Or, or do you think it would be? Better or worse if you just sent them all to a burn address. But that would be worse because yeah. then all of a sudden the scarce, everyone's like, oh my God, oh, yeah, right, right. there's a hundred less on the market or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Bummer. I, I, yeah. Okay, you know, funnily enough, you know, Rishi Sunak, the Treasury Secretary here in the UK, uh, he was recently doing a, a, there was this campaign he's now launched called Hashtag Help to Grow. I Which bet I just think is NFTs too. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, that's what we're leading to. Um, so doing this, this campaign is called hashtag Help to Grow, which I think is absolutely terrible, as a as a as a marketing slogan. Like, what does Help to Grow mean? Help to Grow what? Like, I mean, if they were selling fertilizer <laughs> or Viagra or something, I would understand. Well, but yeah. instead, and they're actually it's account. Yeah. <laughs> instead, it's it's like help to grow your business through government sponsored technology and like government uh you know government approved methods of using technology to scale your business and obviously rishi sunak is he wants to be down with the kids i mean he's got his uh, he was helping out with the Deliveroo ipo and shit and um you know he loves going to schools and talking about how uh, his massive weakness is coke and by that he means coca-cola etc <laughs> etc cetera, et cetera. what kind of what kind of nft i can imagine like rishi sunak trying to do some like patriotic british nft project you know government sponsored or something what would it be probably just some nhs thing like it would be um like dr apes or something yeah 
but it, it wouldn't be apes because that would be seen as i don't know offensive somehow like it would dr be... bulldogs or something maybe or dr yeah dr yeah. bulldogs perhaps yeah what is what's the what's the iconic british animal uh well british bulldog would be would be part of it but the, you got all things like staffordshire terriers and everything you got every every location's got some kind of dog related to it um the, cor- the, cor- the corgi. There, there's a shitload of corgi. Isn't there like maybe maybe he owns? Maybe here we go. I'm, it's, there's, I know there's like a there's a corgi inu. Isn't there corgi inu somewhere? Crypto corgis. Crypto corgis. Yeah. This is the next thing. That's the, 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 the corgi NFT. Commissioned by the Queen. Jubilee corgis. By royal appointment. By royal appointment. Imagine. Yeah. So you know how like the, the royals they do they have like their bread by royal appointment bread makers and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. different shit what maybe there's going to be a royal appointment nft collection yeah 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 it'll have the seal and everything there are different ones you can get as well there are some um i think barber you know the jacket they've got it's not just the queens it's the it's got the prince of wales uh, by royal appointment as well um i remember there's a there's a, a website called scan in the uk that makes computers and they make computers they've got the by royal appointment header for the the computers that they make for the royal family oh, wow. and shit yeah so yeah it's really weird. like all manner of different like um businesses get the royal appointment sticker you know that stamp that they can put on on all of their products and of course it's a massive vote of confidence everyone wants to buy them so there are notepads and things i can't remember the the notepad company that gets the gets the the royal seal on it but yeah why not them them nfts hey yeah or, even if it's though? just like the andrew dow or something like that to to raise funds um as a to, to fund the legal <laughs> like, you know, there's the julian assange dow that's, there's, and there's the free Ross Dow. There's and a, the free the, Ross Dow. Well, maybe there's going to be the Andrew Dow. I don't believe it. Sorry, the Andow. Dow. The Ann Dow. Andrew Dow. You know, on the topic of um, the Royals, uh, I we saw came back here. Of- we 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 were not going to go down that path, and we we came. We can't. We can't avoid it. We can't, can't come back to it. I'm going to I'm going to uh, tastefully divert to a slightly more agreeable topic. Uh, I watched one of the worst movies, or certainly the worst movie I've seen of you know maybe the past three years, certainly during lockdown, um, maybe even maybe even longer than that. Uh, and yeah, Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart, is oh, wow. absolutely dog shit. How did you not uh, come like, on? How did you not know that was going to be dog shit before you even started? No, no, see, this is the thing, right? I thought it was going to be like shitty movie, but uh, high production value and that kind of makes up for it. And it's right. just a bit cliche. Instead, this feels like a film student's like, uh, you know, final, final work to graduate, except <laughs> with an enormous budget. So there's entire, you know, it's the last several minutes where uh, it's just Kristen Stewart dressed up in, you know, Princess Diana's uh, you know, dresses, and she's just dancing through Buckingham Palace, and this lasts for ages. And it's just multiple different you know corridors, multiple different dresses, and it just felt to me like it's just um, what some American you know teenage girl who's obsessed with the Royals would just want to see in a YouTube video, like a bit like a music video, like a montage. And somebody has just given this chick an enormous amount of money. Turns out though, the, the thing was written by Stephen Knight, and he's of course the guy from Peaky Blinders and whatever, and another yeah. show that's gone downhill. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it is, it is absolutely terrible. Um, It's like what an American, it's what an American who's really crazy about the Royals would think. There's all this shit that's been uh, shoehorned into it. And of course you've got all of the, you know, all of the politically correct social justice stuff. So jaw burned in there. Well, shoehorned in there. Did you watch the whole thing? Uh, Yeah, I did. Have you ever, have you ever started a movie and not finished it? No, no, no. I, it was one of these things where it's like I was hoping at the end we were going to see, you know, Princess Diana get into a car and then disappear into a into a tunnel. Like I thought it was going to be that was going to be the kind of climax, and that was what I wanted. Uh, I wanted to be there for, right? I wanted, you know, this. It had gotten to the point where I hated this character so much that I was looking forward to their demise at the end of the movie. But spoilers, uh, it, it, that's not how it ends. It ends with her spoilers. Okay, if you if you're really interested in this movie. Uh, you can you can uh, you know mute for like two minutes, but in the at the end of this movie, she just goes to KFC. It's another massive American influ- like influence. She they, she just brings her kids to KFC. That's it. That's how it ends. 
and she says her name is Spencer when she's uh, when they're like, who, who's who's ordering this? Wow, that's it. Wow, that's bad. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm expecting that now. So I've never seen this. I've never seen a single episode of this of the the Crown on Netflix. Yeah, me neither. But I've seen some of the pap shots of um, the actress that's playing Diana in the new season coming up. She's an Australian act- actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Can't remember the na- her name off the top of my head. Um, and she looks, it's crazy, right? She looks exactly like Diana. It's epically weird. But I bet you that does, does what probably what you were expecting from the movie. I think that might be the case in the ground is, is that it, it does go into the, the nitty gritty side of things and, and, and probably ends in the tunnel. Um, and, and there will, I get, there'll be uproar. No doubt there'll be uproar about it. Even to this day, there's uproar about anything to do with Diana. It's a, fa- it's well, a fascinating thing. The, this, the whole. It's quite whole, phenomenon. The whole class phenomenon in this country still amazes me uh, greatly coming from a country that you, you were, you were ranked in class by, Literally, just how much money you've got, not and nothing else, nothing more. It's a very simple class system over here. It's just like, wow, it's another fucking level. It's like, if like hyphenated names and shit to to the max. It's 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 epic, and still befuddles me regularly. Yeah, I mean, well, Sam, I was too young. I was too young to to remember it. What are your memories of Princess Diana's death and all of the the aftermath? Because oh, did, did that make it to Australia? Yeah. <laughs> so it, so it, this it? is how big this is. This is how much it made it to Australia. I remember I was at the footy, so it was like it must have been like a Friday night. Um, I, I would have thought it was it was nighttime in Australia. I was at the footy, and I think it was a Kangaroos Collingwood game at the MCG, which is a big game. And and I, I vaguely recall at some point during the game on the big screen, uh, you know, the, the big fucking jumbotron things that they have uh, for people to watch the game when you're up in the cheap seats. Um, I vaguely remember it coming on that breaking news, Princess Diana has died. Um, and every, you could like, there was like an audible gasp in the crowd. And I'm talking like there had to have been at least 70,000 people at the game. Um, and there was an audible gasp in the crowd. And then it was all over the news and everything. It was huge, man. It was like global news uh, at the time. But I was yep. still relatively young, um, but still do do quite remember that that particular. I remember the fact. I think I remember it more for the fact that it was a footy game than anything. But yeah, it was pretty big. What, in terms of how it was viewed in Australia, did you guys think that she'd been bumped off? Yeah, everyone was pretty sure she'd been knocked off. Do Do you think she has now? Yeah. To this day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Really. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much the going, the going theory was that it, it was an inside job. Oh, Royals, yeah. Royals whacked her. Yeah, see, I, I never got the impression that the royal family really cared that much about her. Like, um, but you know, I, I was born well after the fact. But looking back on it, it's like it's more like okay, she's this is very embarrassing. We need to be distanced from her, but. I just don't get why they would feel the need to make her immortalized in a in an in, in you know dying prematurely kind of thing. Who knows, really? But I, do you know what? I, I part of me secretly hopes, and this is probably going to offend everybody that's, that's from this country. I secretly hope that that it comes out that like the queen is the most maniacal, evil, conniving person in history, and she's like, she's like you you know that. You know that like um, South American drug baron that was like the grandma or whatever, and she'd like had she'd like murdered hundreds of people. I think it would be I think it would be a fascinating outcome if eventually it, it came out that the the queen was basically just ordering hits on people all over the world. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think actually, Sam, I don't think that's actually a particularly uh, like I don't think that's a particularly uh, uncommon view. I think, uh, well, yeah, I hate using double negatives. I think that's actually quite a common view. Uh, and I just, uh, I think it's quite a shame. I quite like the Queen. But, uh, you know, I think it must have been pretty hard when you when you think of all the privileges that come with being a monarch, if you really do take pride in your country. When you see when the Queen was born, 
she effectively sees the fall of the British Empire from its absolute peak in the 1920s, into, at least in size, to where we are today, which is pretty abysmal when it comes to, to global influence. And she it comes of age and is, is, is crowned. Uh, and she's just been witnessing all her life this steady decline of British influence. Um, I think that must be, it must be pretty, pretty hard. Of course, hard everyone will say. That would be hard to take. Yeah. Um, especially when you can consider that her parents would have been around to see the, 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 you know, the glory days of the, of the British empire. They'd be around to see this is, you know, uh, Britain in its prime sun never sets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas, uh, Queen Elizabeth, you know, while Britain, British empire was at its peak in the 1920s, uh, we never recovered after the first world war. And, um, and that was, yeah, that was, that was when. So here's, here's an interesting question, which I don't know the answer to, but. With 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 her parents, the 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 strength of the British Empire in in that era it was is that is that a direct res, result of royal influence or is it still was it still government sort of led or was there much more sort of symbiosis between the two back then? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it, as it's as it spans such a long period of time, there's definitely a bit of both. When you consider that uh, a lot of the uh, colonists, so for example, uh, Britain uh, settling Rhodesia, uh, so Rhodesia now Zimbabwe, this was a entirely in an entirely privately private sector operation. There was no uh, there was no uh, public money involved in the in the settlement of Rhodesia. It was Cecil Rhodes, uh, backed by a lot of uh, big bankers, including the Rothschilds, and uh, it was a you know privately financed operation. However. The, the it, it's been implied a lot of times that this was with royal assent. So that was Cecil Rhodes, here you are, you're this very, very clever Brit and you're going to advance British interests. We will help you if the need, you know, we, we approve of this settlement and maybe if things go wrong, we might help you with it. Though in the, in the end, they didn't because they had, you know, machine guns and whatnot. <laughs> um, but that's like where there is obviously sort of a royal side to it. We're looking at uh, the East India Company, for example. That is, is very direct. This the royal charter that is given to the East India Company. Same with the Virginia. Um, the due to what was it called? The Virginia chart, like the Virginia Charter, that was granted um, to uh, one of the the trading companies that originally settled America. All that stuff. It was a was a um, a royal thing. I think ultimately the royals had a lot more influence in British politics than um, than they do now. Now it's very very ceremonial, and it's um, yeah, it's it's now the the most influence that the queen has. In a lot of ways, is who gets knighted and who doesn't. Mm. And uh, you know, Tony Blair is now the recipient of one of the orders of chivalry, where she has total discretion as to who enters the order of the garter and who doesn't. So unlike all of the other orders of chivalry where you get you get put on a list and you get recommended, and it was only if the queen really wanted to not let you get knighted or honoured in any way that uh, you wouldn't. Uh, with the Order of the Garter, it's, uh, there are plenty of empty spots and it's personal invitation of the queen. And she decided to invite Tony Blair very recently. Which you know, is, uh, you'd, you'd love to be a fly on the wall in all the times where the, it was just him and Queenie sat in a room talking, you know, chewing the fat. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. We just love to know what Tony Blair and the Queen would have to talk to each other about. Yeah, in the in that was it. Uh, was it the Queen with Her Helen Mirren that movie? Yeah, uh, about ten years ago, which had um, had. Is it? Is it? It's not Brian. It's not Brian Cox, is it? It's um, who's it? The played him the the chap who's in Tron. And he's in loads of other stuff as well. He was in um, Frost Nixon. He played Frost. What's the name of that actor? I can't remember, but he played know, Tony Hasn't Blair. Michael Sheen played him before? Yeah, Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I did Brian Cox because there are two Brian Coxes. And there are two uh, two uh, Sheens, of course. Ah, yes. But yeah, I think it's... I think it's... Yeah, it's, it's the Sheen guy who played Tony Blair. And they had all those conversations, which he has with the Queen, supposedly. Uh, but yeah, what would you think they'd be discussing, Sam? I I don't know. I was I uh, when and when everyone anytime everyone talks, sort of talks about the roles, I kind of I kind of ask myself because there's a, always like you said, the, sort of this decline of royal influence in the British Empire over the sort of last probably hundred years. Um, 
And I wonder now, in another hundred years, what does that look like? Is Buckingham Palace just, you know, blocks of flats in a hundred years' time? Not bloody likely, man. Yeah. Or is it or is it a museum that you know people can walk through and there is no there is no royal hierarchy? I mean, it's it's I know it's bonkers to think in this country that that is possible or could be possible, but I wonder if it if maybe it is, if maybe maybe the the I don't know the, the the woke brigade get their way and 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 they disperse the royal assets to the social good. Um, nah, I think it's the opposite. I think everyone just expects this trend that we've seen is gonna is just gonna continue into the point where we abolish the the monarchy and they uh, they sell all their land and whatever. I actually think uh, it's we've actually kind of peaked and maybe Prince Andrew ends up being the peak of uh, sort of royal decline. I think what we're going to see as renaissance. Um, yeah, we're going to get the resurgence of of the royals. We're going to get the return to uh, to monarchism and uh, the you know loyalist monarchists. We're going to get the return of the cavaliers against the roundheads. I, I do well. I'm being obviously very. So honest. would it be King? So we we work through King Charles to King William. So is it possible that King George may become the supreme ruler of? Of the world, perhaps. Well, yeah, I, I, I really hope he takes back Australia, New Zealand, and Canada because those you countries can fucking are have New Zealand. Out you can have New Zealand. Leave Australia alone, but fuck, take New Zealand, dude. These kind, all of the, all of the colonies. Well, not all. all Canada, not all take Canada too, for Christ's sake. Somebody take Canada. I see. Actually, no, you're right. No, take them all. I'm being, I'm being very flippant here, obviously, uh, but. You know, I, 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 will, not, I will say it was a it was a it was a mistake to let go of Canada, New Zealand, Australia, uh, given how they've acted during well, COVID. Especially Australia, Canada. The, the letting go of Australia, Canada, let go of the greatest um, deposits of natural resources in the known world. I mean, how stupid was that a move? Well, it's more that you guys obviously can't govern yourselves, but then at the same time. Uh, we can't govern ourselves either, so there isn't really a. I, you know, my my claim that we should we never should have let go of of the colonies kind of falls flat, because here in the UK everyone went crazy over COVID as well, and they all did draconian restrictions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So sadly, my argument doesn't really hold up. That said, I do feel that uh, there is going to be some kind of return to uh, to people really loving the monarchy over the next, uh, you know, in our lifetimes. Well, everyone, so it's kind of like religion, right? People want to want to believe in a higher power. And mm. you know, people can quite clearly now have quickly learned, if they didn't already know, that you can't believe in the government. So who can you believe in? Maybe you're, maybe it's King Charles and King William and King George. Book of Romans, chapter 13, the divine right of kings. That's going to that's gonna come back. Everyone's well, it's a succession of kings. It, it is king after king after king for a while now. Yeah, yeah, for a while. Uh, though I don't think Charles is going to be very good. When William's in charge, uh, I'm, it's going to be. It's, I, I reckon he's going to do a really good job. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, do you think? Uh, do you think uh, Meghan is going to is going to run for president? And that way, we can just corner the Anglosphere again. I reckon that if anyone's running for president, that is probably not expected to it'll be joe rogan or dwayne johnson uh yeah or george, uh, i don't know i don't know about dwayne uh, i think george clooney would have it would have a better staff at it than than the rock personally but then he doesn't have the appeal among zoomers that the rock does so uh, i feel like hmm. the rock would be a very um he would he would certainly have the gravitar needed in you know g7 meetings and things like that you know you stood next to boris <laughs> and, and 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 the likes scoba got a crushing hands handshake as well yeah he'd like he would be he would be genuinely intimidating um which he would be anyway but i think but joe joe rogan could do it I, joe rogan would win if joe rogan decided to, to run for president he'd win I don't think it's as easy because looking at how Joe Rogan has been cancelled now, I mean, we've seen a pretty focused, we've done? seen a pretty focused press campaign at cancelling him. And he, oh, that's just from him having a show. That's not from him running for president. 
Can you imagine the kind of vitriol that would be directed at him and his family? They'd definitely go for his family, uh, you know, if he did decide to run. I, I, why I, would anyone know. really want to be a politician? I just... uh, you got the power, man. You could, uh, I mean, it, yeah, you can, you could bring in the nukes. You could bring in the nukes. <laughs> but yeah, well, who, yeah, I suppose anybody, uh, but anybody can be president. I mean, they've got a dead guy as president at the moment. So um. if I was president, I would have the nuclear football on my, on the table in every discussion were, with another foreign president. Leader. What would be the first thing you'd do? What would be the first executive order you would you would roll out? Hmm. Uh, oh, uh, definitely. If I was U.S. president, uh, hmm, definitely uh, call another. <laughs> definitely uh, call for another inquiry into JFK's death. Ooh. I think that would be me. Uh, though, of course, you know, if you were doing that. All of the all of the powers that hushed it up last time, we do it again. Trump did that. I mean, he um, the one of his executive orders, he uh, released a load of the files, but then loads of the files were just missing, and they were just blank blank pages where they should have been. So it didn't really didn't really do all that much. Mm. And I imagine that would happen again, but yeah, you know, that that may be something I'd do. That and uh, reopen Nixon's bowling alley in <laughs> in the White House. I remember we did have a chat on that. What would we what we'd put in the in the White House on the show if you were That's president? Right. Yeah, do, can you remember what uh, what you thought you'd uh, you'd install that? I can't remember. I'm gonna have to trawl back. If anyone could remember what I said, please let me know. <laughs> no idea. I can't remember what I said. I thought was it a bar? No, but it has bars already, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. Got... Maybe an arcade. I can't. Yeah, there's got to be one of them already for the president's kids. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, yeah. president. Well, the current president, his kids would just be a fucking compression session room, it's like a drug, just a drug, just a, a room filled with bean bags and mirrors and and mirrored tables. Old hunty boy can get down in there and go to town. Stripper poles and shit. Yeah, he. Uh, it is funny. I, with, um, I bet you there's a stripper pole somewhere in the White House. I bet you there is. Uh, who whose apartment? Which wing? I don't know. Somewhere though. I bet you there's a strip. There's got to be a stripper pole in the White House somewhere. Hmm. Well, it certainly is in Hunter Biden's quarters. I'd imagine. I imagine he'd have. Uh, I mean, considering that the do White House. Do you reckon there's a child gate on Hunter Biden's door? You hear about this thing with them buying all these crack pipes? Yeah, is that real? I don't know. I don't know. I just saw the headlines and I was like, I can it's, believe it. It's that fucking crazy. It probably is real. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Truth really is stranger than fiction these days. Um, and people are joking about Hunter Biden getting upset that he always had to buy his own crack pipes and now his dad's giving them away for free. And that, I mean, yeah, it's a funny one. But yeah, Sam, what would be your first executive order? When you were, when you, if you uh, got into the White House, eh? uh, I fortunately had a little bit of time to sort of run that through my side brain while we were talking. Um, I think I would release with full transparency all files and information related to Area 51. Or oh, would you? But, mate, what if they've actually got like God tech that's reserved for the president's use only? Sick. Cool. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone to know about that. No, but, but you would, right? What you if, wouldn't want other people to know about it. Why not? Because well, then you can't. Then you know, if a UFO then goes and blows up the house of somebody you don't like, then you can just say, "Oh, it's a UFO. We need to we need to check into these aliens." When actually it was you that did it. Well, no, well, no, just because like I'd be like, you know, here's here's here it is. This is UFO stuff. It's like either there are there is alien shit there, which I think the world needs to know, or it's not alien shit there, but it's some pretty cool shit that also the world probably needs to know because imagine what we could then do if there's all this really cool shit that we don't know about yet that we could use to make better planes and better rockets and just better shit in general and but if it is aliens it's like whoa you know but maybe they're already building the better ships and the rockets there's just all it's, all, it's just all covered up I mean, but that's uh, the point what, that shouldn't be covered up yeah but once you're in power it's yours so you don't want anyone else to have it yeah as soon as you get that you're like oh this can all be mine you'll be like Gollum. i mean i'll be like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna share this with anyone but 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 
but if it if it was like real alien tech, you could like go long all the space companies, and and you'd you'd make a killing in the market. So you'd do the Pelosi trades, right? It's gonna be like um, you know that that uh, flashback scene from the Lord of the Rings where uh, uh, it's got the uh, the dude played by um, Hugo Weaving, uh, the elf guy, saying elf you know guy. Isildur, throw the ring into the fire. So it's gonna be mean. It's gonna be saying you know Sam release the files and you're going to look over and say no (laughs) ah yeah and a bit like humans are always corruptible um yeah Yeah, too much power it'd be too much power for for me to know that we had alien alien tech god tech be like i'd be like i just want to use this stuff myself yeah so i just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna use this to collect watches and nfts (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, just because if you're in that uh, yeah. position, why wouldn't you? Yeah, first, uh, first thing you do is just get on Air Force One and be like, "Yo, take me to Area 51." Oh, Can you imagine? Actually, you know what? That that might that would be probably be the second thing I'd do. I'd be like, "Right, get the fuck rid of Air Force One. We're taking an Airbus A380, and that's going to be the new Air Force One. These this jumbo seven four seven shit is gone. I want a newer, modern, bigger plane. It's going to be an Airbus A380." Mm, or Dreamliner, or something better like the Air Force One. Look, it's a oh, it's a jumbo jet shit. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Come on, give me a Dreamliner, Boeing. Hook us up, hook a brother up, Boeing. Give me a Dreamliner, and um, yeah, let, let's 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 do this Air Force One thing a bit more modern. Now, surely, would you not want to just bring back Concord? Yeah, a little bit short on the headroom, though, right? Well, it could be like Concord Two or something, you know. Um, be the US. You, know you would probably do. You would do that. I think you're right. I think you'd you'd get. I mean, I still don't know why they haven't bothered with bringing back Concord. It violates uh, violates air, um, uh, airspace regulations. So one of the things that JFK uh, did during his time was look into what was called the SST, supersonic transport, for commercial, not just military use, and um, a lot of investment was going into that. But it was quashed, uh, I think it was just before Nixon got in or while Nixon was in power by a, uh, I don't know if it was lobbied or not, but uh, a lot of people near military bases were reporting that the windows in their in high-rise buildings were smashing when uh, planes went over. And they managed to pass a bill that prohibited uh, supersonic flight at certain certain speeds over cities. And this led to um, the SST project getting cancelled along with Nixon you know, during Nixon's time, there uh, the US was a lot shorter on money than during JFK's time. So that was one of the reasons. You know, everyone all like if you if you zoom back a lot of a lot of years, everyone just uh, assumed that supersonic travel was just destined in our future, and it's just never arrived right. uh, after Concord. In that, it just it went away. It was a Russian one as well, but it didn't work out very well either. Apparently, you can speak to people on inside because it was just the sound of roaring, and then it crashed at one of these um, air shows when they tried to show it off. But it always feels like you know, come on, someone's got to bring back supersonic transport. NASA's got a um, a uh, one of their test projects is a is a plane that can go that doesn't create sonic booms, and that's something that could be adapted into into this into this kind of uh, thing. But yeah, it's one of the few Air Force areas. Concord. It's one of the few areas of like technology where things have regressed. I mean, I know planes are more efficient and they use new composite materials and all this sort of stuff. But really, when you're talking about the benefit of air, air travel, which is to get from point A to B fast um, over long distances, if you can do it faster, like you say, we've got there and then it's just all kind of disappeared. It, whereas yeah, things like, went bigger. You know, if things went bigger, not faster. And it's, yeah, I, I, it, it, it is, you know, there were economic reasons for it and the point in which concord failed uh, you know there was uh, i think it was recessions and there's a whole bunch of shit going on that meant that it just wasn't really going to come back but it still hasn't come back and it and even with the abundance of cheap money over the last almost 20 years now uh well not quite 20 years but over the last 15 years um still not still you really you're right you say nothing but like and like they don't have to fly supersonic over cities but Fuck me! If you're over the Indian Ocean, flying out to Australia, you could go supersonic for your dear life out there, and you'd be fine. 
So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a weird one. I, I I it still baffles me that it still is not something that anybody is like they're prepared to put. Like, why the fuck is Bezos and 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 Musk and these clowns trying to go to the moon when we still can't even get from New York to fucking Sydney or to London? Um, you know, in a couple of hours. I mean, it is just beyond belief as to why they decided to go up instead of trying to figure out how to go around better. I'll tell you why, Sam. I'll tell you why. It's because <laughs> we stopped dreaming. <laughs> stopped dreaming. Because you've got to explore. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it does feel like um, sort of uh, symbolizes the decay where we've, we, we, you know, all of the all the dreams of the future of the 1960s, like then just none of them are realized, including everybody Blank flying ass. supersonic all the time. There are a few businesses that are looking at supersonic travel. I know yeah. for there's at least one private jet company where they're yeah. trying to make a um, a jet that goes just under the speed of sound, so they managed to to, but just under, just under. And I think there are a couple others that are trying to do it as well. Um, but you know, uh, maybe. I think we're going to get there after after the 2020s. I think uh, mm. I think we just, the, we we're in a in a, in a in an environment that's full of decay, and we will get to a highly technologically advanced society after after we've gotten through it. Just the Jetsons. Just want to live like the Jetsons, man. That's if I, you know, you know, going back to the president thing, I think the first thing you should do is get on get on Air Force One really ostentatious don't tell anyone where you're going but everyone can just track it on the on the flight mapper and go straight to area 51 you park there you stay there for say a weekend all right you come back you don't explain you refuse to comment on huh. what you've done at area 51 right and then <laughs> at a press conference somebody asks you a question and you've all set it up and you look at them and suddenly they burst into flames and it's a it's a stuntman, and yeah, he vanishes afterwards. No one ever hears him again. But he's actually a paid actor. It's all been set up ahead of time, and he's actually fine. But he just vanishes. And after that, everyone thinks that you've just absorbed some kind of alien tech at Area Fifty One, and everyone is afraid of you for the rest of your term because they think that you've just imbibed the god tech. Imagine what it'd be like dealing with other foreign leaders if they genuinely thought that you had. You know, I think some kind of. I think you'd probably have to do that quarterly. So you'd probably have to ignite someone quarterly to keep up yeah. the ruse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you could look like you were you were really really old. You get makeup to make it look like you're you're losing power. Yeah, and then you could go to Area Fifty One, and you'd suddenly be massively. Yeah. And you come back, and you look, you know, you look like fifteen years younger. Yeah, and then and then if you go back a second time, you come back, you. You've you made someone like catch on fire previously. Now they explode. And now they they explode. Or <laughs> or they just like become like they go from like being a, a, a man to a woman instantly. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. Like just some maybe, some yeah. other crazy power that, that people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, they suddenly get they suddenly shoot into the ceiling. Like they've just yeah. been pulled. Um yeah, yeah. Explode that would be cool. cool. I'm not sure how you could do that without actually exploding someone. But Mr. President, why have you not uh, actually delivered on any of your campaign promises and then just <laughs> done? Yeah. Well, I think we've got it all figured out for when you uh, when you start your campaign, man. I think this is uh, this is all coming together. Yeah, it you know it it it's it's something I'm certainly thinking about. Um, but you you know you never know. You never know. You never know. Someday, one one day, someone's going to do it. There's someone. One day, someone's going to let Megan's us. Megan's going to do it, mate. Megan's yeah. going to do it. Like what's going down at Area Fifty One? Yeah. Harry's going to come back, and he's going to have uh, platinum blonde hair. He, he'll be the first man, right? And he'll come back from Area Fifty One with his with his uh, with Miss Mrs. President, and uh, you know he's going to come back with like a shock of platinum blonde hair, like he's been exposed to something in Area Fifty One. And similar things will start unfolding around Harry as well. Would he become um, the first gentleman? Is that is that what it would be? It's a subject of rich debate because it's never happened before. So people uh, like to you know argue over what it would be, but it'd be something like that, you know. The first ginger. The first first ginger, yeah, first ginger. 
<laughs> oh dear. I had a feeling that tonight would be very little on the markets. <laughs> and you are right, my dear Sam. You are you are very right indeed. Speaking of which, uh, the, uh, speaking of things that aren't in the markets, and on to my second beer, which is called "This is Why We Can't Have Nice Things." Wow. This is by S Forty Three Brewery, another one I've never heard of. Eight uh, percent ABV, a double New England IPA. It's got a very pleasant-looking country scene with a rainbow in the background. And it's S forty three brewing without boundaries. Uh, this is, yeah. Again, they've got a uh, uh, they've got a nice eight percent ABV, and they've got find us, like us, love us, and then rainbows are pretty sweet. Beside all of the uh, the social media icons they've got on there, this one is vegetarian uh, ah, friendly, not, not vegan. Not vegan, nah. and you are urge to recycle the can with the phrase save the duckies so uh yeah that's that's this one it's not too bad it's not too bad this one um how would you rate your first beer um well i mean heineken is one of the more established brewers in the world um they they do it they do a good pure malt lager um out of the wonderful green bottle with the ease a slightly slightly curved to represent a smiling face so if anybody didn't know why the heineken e's are actually turned up it is so it looks like the e is smiling uh that is a true story by the way um you know it, uh, we've spoken before about beers that have won medals you know the the gold medal of the you know west country grand show of 2015 or something like that you know and, and, and the Heineken original has the Medaille d'Or Paris 1875 and the Grand Prix Paris of 1889. So they are certainly leveraging off awards that probably aren't all that recent. Um, I would like to see them win a more recent award. But overall, the Heineken is, uh, it's, a solid, it's a solid B. That is a very generous. That is a very generous rating. I, I, I like the Heineken. Well, clearly, well, evident. It's one of the few beers that I think I could genuinely drink for the rest of my life if I could only ever drink one beer. Damn, damn! We got that. Uh, that's the Australian in you, surely. Probably. Mm. It's hugely popular in Australia. Heinies, eh? The old, the old Heine. Mm. The uh, hundred dollar Volvo is very good. I would give that one a B. That'll be uh, that'll be my rate for the hundred dollar. It was very good. Uh, nothing crazy good, but you know, very uh, yeah, good enough, good enough. Um, yeah, Sam. I mean, we have covered the markets very little this week. <laughs> one of those, uh, one of those episodes. Instead of dwelling on the more important issues out there, like um, how you would assassinate people if you were president mm. of the United States. Mm. Um, but yeah, would you uh, as as we close? Is there any really important market related? themes that we could dwell on there is plenty to talk about um i i i still i'm kind of in, I'm, I'm in that position right now right where it's kind of like okay maybe the market goes lower and a whole bunch of stocks go lower and maybe crypto goes lower and stuff like that but i'm kind of in a buy everything kind of mood <laughs> where, One of them. where where retail therapy know, if 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 2030 we are going to be living like the Jetsons and releasing information about what Area 51 really is, um, my long view is like there's just a lot of really cool stocks that I want to add to my portfolio right now. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it does feel like. Uh, I love yeah, it when maybe. everyone's annoyed and fearful. I love I love it because it's it's. Just the contrarian in me says, yeah, but that's short-term thinking. It's true. Uh, though, Sam, actually, I should I should take you off on this. You wrote an email this week which said, why gold is a garbage investment. Uh -huh. And, uh, mate, that's just not going to fly. I knew that was going to I knew that was going to tickle some uh, tickle some feathers. <laughs> in fairness, in the actual, it was clickbait. If you it actually was. opened up the email, it was a headline clickbait. It was headline clickbait, <laughs> and and you succeeded. You got me, Sam. Zip. I was like, "Who the hell? Who the hell wrote this? Bring them to me at once." <laughs> uh, but you know, it was. Um, 
I was interested in your claim that you didn't think gold was going to go much higher for the next like, 100 years, which was uh, quite a bold claim. That is a bold claim. Uh, yeah, I respect a bold claim, even if it is grossly incorrect. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. It's a bold claim. When we're, <laughs> when we're 80 years old on episode 5006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll look back. We'll look back and mm. just see how, yeah, how yeah, well yeah. we're um, no. this is Sam is president at this point. Yeah, and I have, and I have, in my third presidential executive order, I have capped the price of gold globally yeah, at nineteen hundred dollars. Just, just so I can prove Boaz right. Damn right, damn right. Uh, and just, just in case anyone was wondering, I wasn't saying gold is actually a garbage investment. I was asking the question that maybe it is, but the the sort of core idea was the opportunity cost of investing in gold versus other assets. Yeah, I think which I think is fair enough. Though interestingly, um, when we talk about opportunity cost, there have been an awful lot of articles just over the last week regarding why investors love cash so much because oh. they're really heavily. There's lots lots of cash balances in various places me. in the market, which is interesting considering uh, we're getting all of this massive inflation data. I know. I mean, cash is not something you would want to hold. But if cash, if inflation causes a crash in assets, as some people believe, then maybe. Cash is a very good thing to have, even if it is being eroded at five to seven to eight percent per year, because you only have to wait for, say, you know, a few months if there is a market crash and you can buy things on the cheap. But you know, only the future will be able to tell us. The answer is on a postcard as to whether or not holding a lot of cash is a good idea. I know I would say uh, I'm always, you know, I can always sleep a lot easier uh, owning a boatload of gold. If the price of gold does go down, that generally means economic conditions are very good. The price of gold going down is something you actually want to see. It's like the price of insurance going down. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think we do have too rosy a near future ahead of us. So I'm feeling quite comfy with the gold. But Sam, I mean, what's your, uh, what's your take on how Bitcoin is behaving at the moment? Because it's quite interesting to see tech stocks getting pretty badly damaged, but Bitcoin still managed uh, to have a decent, you know, decent stick in a decent range. I mean, over 40K. 42k a decent level yeah i think i think bitcoin has front run inflation in 20 so i think it front front ran inflation in 2021 and i think it where it is at the moment is i think what's holding it back is the geopolitical issues in the us around it and just how some of the bigger economies are treating it like, you know, Canada with what they're doing at the moment, they're, you know, banning institutions from, you know, operating with crypto providers and certain wallets and things like that. I think there's that, that creates a lot of uncertainty for people, but I think what we will see. So what I want to see, I don't want to see it, but if this happens, this will be the real test for Bitcoin. I think in the short term, if there's a bit of a bank run in Canada, um, if that yeah. if that eventuates, that'll be a real test to see what what Bitcoin, how Bitcoin reacts. And I, I, frankly, I think what, where it's going to really um, show what it's made of is if we have a, a genuine global systemic global um, event of the magnitude of 2008, but obviously multiple times bigger considering where the global economy is now. Um, the Bitcoin hasn't experienced an event that sizable yet. No. Um, but that's what it was built for, really. It was born in the aftermath of the last one, so you can only imagine that what uh, what created it would would only make it stronger. Uh, uh, but ultimately, um, yeah, I, it, I I I can't see. Yeah, I, people like Charlie Munger comes out and goes. I'd rather have venereal disease or some bullshit like that. It's like he probably okay. already has it. Yeah, it's like okay, granddad, sit the fuck down. Um, you know, I, I for me, like you know, like you say, gold is an insurance policy. If it's going down, then things are good. Bitcoin, I think, is just some. It's an insurance. It's it's, it's an insurance policy. And considering how fucked up a lot of the global financial system is at the moment, and everything that's going on, and the control and power that that central banks and governments want to have over that system uh it's pretty fucking good insurance policy against that as well hmm yeah it's a uh it's a it's, a, it's quite a conundrum we're in at the minute so the, it feels like there are, the market is always a combination of everyone's opinion 
uh, but it does feel like the opinion is right now you're hearing completely con competing narratives as to what is going on, why prices are the, the level that they're at, whether or not people believe inflation is here to stay or not, uh, whether or not um, you know Bitcoin is becoming a uh, something like you know something more like gold, or whether or not this is actually the product of very speculative behavior that still is exhibiting itself, whereas the tech market is uh, is cooled off. Will be um, yeah. I, this is something of a cliche, because I always say, but <laughs> it will always be interesting to see what happens, no, no matter what. Hmm. So, Sam, just to close on, I thought it'd be a, a good question. It'll be my birthday in the near future. Um, I won't say how old because then, uh, you know, you can't give away such such killer intel to somebody who might want to clone my identity. Too much alpha. You can't give away so much alpha. Mm, exactly. But if you were speaking to your younger self, what would you tell them? And you can't say buy Bitcoin. Ah, ah come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, how younger? Uh, like, Five, ten, or like eighteen. Well, it depends how uh, it depends depends how old you are. Uh, but <laughs> let's say let's say twenty years yet twenty years ago. Yeah, so eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. What would I say to my younger self? Um, on their birthday. On their birthday. Uh. Um, <laughs> spend it. <laughs> Spend, oh, well, it while you, spend it spend it while you're young before you earn it oh that's an interesting one yeah, yeah. well yeah there, there you have it folks if you do have any any specific birthday advice that you would completely give completely young... contrary to everything that i would normally say but i do want to qualify that slightly is that you okay, need to enjoy it. yourself while you are young and if you are one of those fucking losers that spends you know, the best part of your late teens and all your twenties, just being boring and saving and not doing anything, you will regret it later in life. That's an interesting one. What with all the, uh, what was it, what's the FIRE acronym stand for again? Um, I don't know. Fixed income, retire early. You know, all the people who just like eat, uh, like um, they <laughs> buy rice in bulk and then they just eat that. And then they put all of their savings into passive tracker funds. Yeah, like, I, 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 like people are like, oh, but I'll travel the world when I'm, you know, older and richer. And I was like, yeah, and you'll be fucking the old people at the club that all the young people are looking at, going, "Good one, grandparents." Yeah, you'll be the boomer. You'll be a. You'll boomer. be the boomer. You don't want to be the boomer. Mm. Yeah, it does feel like uh, this. Uh, you know, your youth is. Um, your youth is very valuable. At the same time, you can't, you shouldn't squander your youth and make your uh, your later years, uh, you know, uh, trying no, to no, sort no. of a catch up phase. There is a balance to be had, of course. But you 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 can't buy life experience, and life experience is invaluable when you start to hit your prime earning years. Yeah, well, time really is the most precious commodity everyone's got. Even if you're as rich as Charlie Munger, like uh, all those billions don't actually mean anything. Uh, if you consider it, no one would, no one, yeah. well, I say no one, plenty of people would, but you know, plenty would swap their position in life yeah. with him. And he'd probably happily swap his position in life with them if he meant he would get 20 years younger. What, what's that? Is there, isn't that that saying that on your deathbed, no one ever says, I wish I had more money, but everyone says, I wish I had more time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, time, time really is a commodity that everyone owns. Uh, it it really, except it just can't be traded. Unless you go to jail or something, um, we are we are all we, was it, we're all given the precede allocation of the um, to life token caps when we're born, <laughs> and uh, we can either trade them away or just sit on them and hodl and uh, hope that it <laughs> hope that they're more valuable in the end. But ultimately, you do need to spend some of them. I must say, I do feel I, I was robbed of my uh, my my uh, my mid twenties years with the uh, the past couple of years with lockdowns or whatever all right i you know all the boomers who really supported lockdowns and all that i don't think they would have said anything nearly the same thing had yeah. they been in their mid-20s at the time agreed uh yeah uh so now considering i've been uh, i've been on hold for the last couple of years got to uh got to amp it up a bit now that we're slightly more free yeah okay so it is only slightly as the canadians only know too well but yeah, Sam, any closing remarks for this show? 
Uh, no, I hope to I hope to see you see pictures of you on a beach in Mykonos or something at some point. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way to spend your spend your twenties, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I was thinking the Bahamas because ah. they're pretty pretty open to uh, they're pretty open to uh, people going in regardless of vaccination status. Yeah, I think my closing uh, closing uh, beer review would be for this is why we can't have nice things by S forty three. It's it's I'd give it a B minus. Uh, give it a B minus. This is, uh, it's decent. It's not that great. Eight uh, percent. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't taste eight percent, which is good. But yeah, it's not. Maybe this is why we can't have nice things. It's because of S forty three brewery. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I think we'll we'll sum it up there for episode this episode. I believe we're on seventy one. I think three. of booze, booms, and bus or seventy two. Three. Yeah, so seventy one, seventy two. I'm sure the the what viewer seventy three at the start. By having, <laughs> by this taking doesn't, a quick, this doesn't this doesn't taste like an eight percent beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure the listener will uh, will know by just taking a quick glance at their smartphone, which sadly, sadly, I can't do right now. So we do not that have is, access to right now. <laughs> that is the end of this episode, folks. I hope you did enjoy it. We shall hopefully be back next week. Uh, as I say, uh, apologies for the being delayed with this one, but uh, well, we'll do what we can to keep things on schedule. Hope you have enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.